If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Well, good evening. How is everybody? Everybody good? I just want to say thank you for being here tonight. Um, Would you do me a big favor? Would you look to your right and your left, and would you tell somebody, Pastor Bob thinks you look real nice tonight. People go home and get get all cleaned up and all gussied up, as my mom would say, for church, and nobody ever notices. So we notice that you're here, and we're thankful that you're here. A lot of other things you could be doing, but you're here tonight, and I believe that God has a prophetic in-season word for everyone that's here tonight, because you are an answer to prayer. We've prayed that you would be here, and you're here now, and I believe that God's going to speak to you, uh, that God's going to, I believe and I'm praying that you would hear the voice within the voice, that somehow you could get my Texas accent out of the way and, and you will hear the voice of God speaking to you tonight because every time we come together, this is an awesome church. I, I, I do attend here on Sunday mornings if I'm not out of town, if I'm not ministering somewhere. And uh, every time I come, I receive an incredible word from God because you have an awesome ministry team here. You have a ministry team that's in the flow of the anointing of God, the presence of God. Every time I come to this church, I, I hear this verse over and over, and they perceived, this is Acts chapter 5, I believe, and they perceived that these men had been with Jesus. When I come to this church, I can perceive that the ministry team, the ushers, the greeters, you can't get in and out of this church without 82 people telling you hello and 82 people hugging your neck. And that's awesome. That's the love of God. And it all starts at the head. And I'm so thankful for your pastor that you have a true man of God in this house. You have a true man of God. Not all churches can say that. You know, a lot of... A lot of people are in ministry for the vocation aspect of it. Your pastor is in the ministry for the word's sake of it, for the yeah. ministry aspect yeah. of it. And I, uh, and I appreciate that about him, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you tonight. I, I believe that uh, God has a prophetic word for you. Now, I, I, I don't operate in the prophetic. I don't, and, and there's a lot of people that do, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not coming against that. Uh, I don't actually have a prophetic gift, and, and I, don't, I don't, you know, refer to myself as a prophet. But there are times that God speaks directly to me a word in season. Yeah. And, and I can take you exactly to where I was standing in, uh, in my house, in, in my bedroom, I can take you exactly to where I was standing. I can tell you exactly what I was doing. I can tell you exactly what time it was. Everything surrounding when God spoke this word to me. And I believe that it's a word that I am to share with you tonight because I prayed and sought God, and I believe that he wants you to hear this word, and I believe truly it's from him and that it will connect with where you are right now. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you will give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds to retain everything that you have for us tonight. 
Father, we pray in agreement, your kingdom come, your will be done tonight. And I pray that not one person will leave this place the way they came in Jesus' name. And everybody can say? Amen. 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 Now, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17, I believe is one of the most encouraging, life-changing words in the entire Old Testament. If you have your Bible, turn there with me. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. In this passage, this is the prophet Jeremiah speaking to the people of God, the plan of God for their future. And I believe God's going to speak the same to you, his plan for your future, in immediate future in this verse. Jeremiah 30, 17, if you're there, say amen. amen. For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. Now, we need to catch who's saying this. We need to catch who's speaking this. This is not the attorney. This is not the banker. This is not the judge. This is not the wealthy aunt or the wealthy grandfather. This is not the mother. This is not the brother. This is God Almighty himself. He says, I personally am going to oversee your restoration. God is speaking to us in this verse, for I will restore. I believe that this is your moment. Now is your time. It's your turn for restoration in every area of your life. And and as as I was reading this and as God was speaking this to me, he spoke this word to me. He said, this is a supernatural summer season of radical restoration. That right now we are in, we are not moving into, it's already summer. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Do you believe it's summertime? Okay. God spoke to me and said, this will be and this is a supernatural summer season of radical restoration. If that's for you, say amen. amen. Do you believe now's your time? Now's your turn. This is your summer season for miraculous, supernatural, radical restoration. Now, I did what every well-intended minister does. When I heard that word, summer, I, I, I did an extensive research project on summer. I Googled it. Amen? Thank God for Google. And it was incredible just on a little simple research, it was incredible what God revealed to me and why it's important that this is a summer season, not a winter season, not a fall season, not a spring season. This is a, a summer season of radical, supernatural, miraculous restoration. And here's why. Because, and if you'll remember back to eighth grade science, Obviously, you remember that the earth is rotating, right? But it's not a perfect rotation, right? It's not an up and down rotation. The earth is what? 
It's tilted on an axis, just like, and it's rota- rotating like this. If it was a, a, a perfect rotation, then we would have the same season all the time. Okay? But because it's tilted, that's what brings the, the rotation of the seasons. And because of the rotation and the tilt on the axis, we have what's called the summer solstice, the winter solstice, the spring. Have you heard these terms? Okay. The summer season is the only season. Because, now, whether if it's summer in the northern hemisphere or southern in the south in the southern hemisphere, Whenever it is summer in that particular hemisphere, because of the rotation and because of the tilt on the axis, summer, I hope you're hearing with spirit ears tonight, summer is the only season of the four, the only season of the four seasons where there is uninterrupted sunlight, uninterrupted energy from the sun. All the other three seasons, spring, fall, and winter, there is an obtuse, they pronounce it obtuse, I think they pronounce it, obtuse angle at which because of the rotation, because of the tilt on the axis, there is an angle, a diffraction. There is, there is, a, there is a turn of the sunlight and the energy from the sun. That's why the temperature is lower that's why there's less daylight because the, the, the ray, the light ray, the energy has to go through an angle. It's diffracted. Have you ever heard that term diffracted? Yes. Okay. Summer is the only season there's direct sunlight. There's direct, uninterrupted, unhindered sunlight, S-O-N, S-U-N, both. There's, this is when we have an open heaven, if you will, of light and energy. Summer, the days are longer than the night in summer. There's more daylight than there is darkness in summer. The days are longer. Now, what that speaks to us is we get more done. I believe this is the summer season when God supernaturally awakens the achiever that's within you. You were made for more, and you're going to see that God's going to increase your effectiveness and your efficiency. We'll get more to that in a minute. But the super achiever that's within you is going to be awakened in this summer season. You're going to get more done. Just look at your neighbor and say, you're going to get more done. Summer is when light dominates darkness. When light is more powerful and is greater and more prevalent than darkness. This is the season of daylight. And I believe that you're going to see the light of God's Word and His presence and His power and His anointing overshadowing and completely eliminating every form of darkness in your life. Now's the time when darkness has to go because the light is here. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says to arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This is your summer season where the glory of God is arising upon you. His light is shining on your life and all the darkness has to be defeated and driven out. Amen? You believe that? Supernatural, miraculous 
restoration. And then this word supernatural summer season of radical. I thought about that. Why would God use the term radical? Why would God speak that word radical to me? And let me give you the definitions that I found for the term radical. Are we learning anything tonight? All right. Radical. I love this first definition. Departing from the usual or current conditions. How many of us have some current conditions we want to depart from? Amen. Amen. I got both arms and I have one foot up. Departing from the usual or current conditions. Radical means extreme, sweeping, severe, extensive, drastic, profound. I believe that you are walking in a season right now where you're going to see extreme restoration, sweeping restoration, extensive, drastic, profound restoration in every area of your life. If, you're, if you believe that, say, that's for me. All right, restoration. I heard your, your pastor use this definition uh, Sunday, and it was awesome. Restoration to bring back to a new and improved condition. We're not talking about just bringing back to the way it was. You know, I I was teaching a financial uh, lesson one time, a a financial seminar, and one of the guys says, says, Pastor, I would give anything. I was talking about financially restoring. He said, Pastor, I'd give anything to get back to broke. (laughs) I said, broke is my goal. If I can just get back to nothing, you know, I'm so far in debt, if I could just get back, I said, that's not God's plan to get back what you had or back where you were. God's into new and improved. His mercies are, his mercies are new every morning. You know, uh, there used to be a derogatory term when, uh, to say something about someone else. That person wakes up in a different world every day. I said, well, that's me. I wake up in a new world every day. His mercies are new every morning. That restoration brings God, brings back not just what we had, not just where we were, but new and improved. God's into making things better. Amen? Restore means to resurrect from a depressed or inactive condition. Restoration, to restore, to resurrect from a depressed or inactive condition. Anything inactive in your life. Got, got some things that are inactive. To bring back into existence and return to life. I like this one. To return something lost to its owner. Restoration. Have you lost anything? Anything been lost? This is the season. Now is the time for God to restore everything lost, everything dead. That restoration, resurrection power is available for us. Why? Because there's an open heaven. The enemy does not have anything defracting, defraying, or causing the, the, the sunlight. It has direct access into our life in the summer season. Amen? That now is our time for God to supernaturally, miraculously, you know, that thing you're thinking about right now, that thing that you've categorized, not even God could change. That thing that you thought was so far gone, so far dead, that nothing could happen. That thing you're thinking about right now, 
That's what God wants to restore. That's what God will restore in this summer season of supernatural, miraculous, radical restoration. I'm ready to see God do something extreme. We serve an extreme God. We serve a radical God that will do extensive, far-reaching, profound, drastic restoration in our lives. And I'm ready for it. Amen? I'm ready for what God has for us in this summer season. Now, five major areas. There may be more, and and, and maybe you can find them. That's great. But I, I have found what God's ministered to me, five major areas where he promises restoration in the Word. And what what I believe in every one of these areas, every person here, every person listening to this. Now, let me interject this real quick. The moment I said restoration and you figured out that I was going to preach on restoration and that was the Word, how many of you thought of somebody you wished was here to hear this Word? How many of you thought, man, I just wish so-and-so. Man, I wish he was here. I wish they were here. How many of you, how many of you thought that? Okay. Everybody, almost all of us thought that. Okay. Let me pastor for a minute. Bring them next time. Amen. Bring them. See, God's bringing them to your mind so you will bring them next time. That sort of rhymed, didn't it? God's bringing them to your mind so that you will bring them next time. Because right. I know I have sat, many people ask me, you know, what, what's your qualification for being a pastor? I was a church member for 33 years before I even thought about going into pastoring. So I, I know what it's like to be a church member, okay? And, and, and I would sit there and I'd go, oh, man, man, this, this, this word is just awesome for so-and-so. And, and, I, and I would get so down because they weren't here, and God just finally ministered to it. The only reason they aren't here is because you didn't bring them. So I started bringing them, okay? And every time I would bring somebody, God would speak a word right to them. And as we were walking out, they would say, thank you for bringing me. It was just like the minister with pastor was speaking directly to me. It's just what I needed to hear. So if you'll bring them, God will speak to them, and God will minister to them. Amen? Do you believe that? So let's bring them next time and let God minister to them, okay? But I believe that every person that's here, that you'll find yourself in at least one of these five major categories, and God will bring that restoration into your life now. You know, I, I, I know people, you know, say things like, you know, in their preaching and stuff, you know, God's going to do this and, and God's, God's got this going on. God's going to bring this and you're going to do it. I believe, just, just go ahead, God's doing it now. Amen. Not that God's going to do it, God is doing it. Amen? Because this is our summer season and it's going to happen right now. Number one, God promises restoration, Jeremiah 30, 17. For I will restore health unto you. I love this last part. And bring healing to every wound in your life. How powerful is that? Now, we need to get this. We serve the God of and, not the God of or. It's not the God of pick and choose. It's the God of everything. 
See, he's the God of and, not the God of or. He did not say, I'm bringing you into a land of milk or honey. Right? I'm bringing you into a land of milk and honey. Strength and sweetness combined. Milk bringing strength. Milk and honey bringing sweetness, bringing together. And God always has an and. I love it. When he says, you shall tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He's the God of and, not the God of or. I will restore health. Now, look that word up, health. It means well-being, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, everything fitting together. Health well-being, wholeness in every area of life. So, yes, he's talking about physical healing. He's also talking about health, healing in relationships. How many have a relationship that you need healing? You need health in that relationship. He's talking about health in finances. How many of us need some healing and health in our finances? Maybe you got a sick checking account. Maybe you got a savings account that's coughing, an IRA that's sneezing. Maybe, maybe you got, maybe you got an, a mutual fund on its last breath. It's on, it's on a breathing machine, okay? That God will bring help. I'm tired of God's people having sickness in their finances. I'm tired of people not having enough in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. I, I'm tired of the wealth of the wicked is laid up in store for the just. Hey, it's been up in store way too long. It's time to have it in our hands right now. I'm tired of it being in store when it should be in our hands. And I believe that this summer season, we're going to see that transfer from it being in store to being in your hands. He'll bring health into your finances. I will restore health unto you and bring healing to every wound. Where have you been wounded emotionally? Where have you been wounded physically? Where have you been wounded mentally? Wherever that wound is, now is the time for God to restore and bring healing into that area of your life. Total health, Total well-being, completeness. I love the word wholeness. God wants you whole and will restore you to wholeness in this season of radical restoration. Do you believe that tonight? Number two, number two, the second area that God promises restoration. Turn with me, if you would, to Joel chapter two. And if you were here on a Wednesday night, A couple of months ago, I I spoke briefly about this point, but I just want to reiterate it. Joel chapter 2, over towards the end of the Old Testament, one of the minor prophets, you know, there where your pages stick together. Joel chapter 2, verse 23. If you're there, say amen. amen. Joel 2, 23. Be glad then... You children of Zion. Now, anywhere you see the reference to Zion, it's referring to the church, okay? The people of God. 
Be glad then, you children of Zion, the church, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locusts, consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts. Here, God promises that he will restore time into our lives. Now, how many of us, I'd love, I'd love to be able to promise this to you, how many of us would love to wait, go to sleep tonight and wake up tomorrow 10 years younger? Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, yeah. That's not what it's talking about. That's not what God's talking about. Here he's talking about rain. What does he mean, latter rain and former rain? Let's, let me give you a little brief, a brief history lesson here. When Joel was writing this, the nation was based on agriculture. Everything depended upon the crops. The crops depended upon water, rain. There was no irrigation system, okay? So God is promising rain. Rain represents the favor, the blessing of God. And here he says that I will give to you the latter rain and the former rain. Now, the former rain is the rain that would come in the spring. The ground was hard from the, sum, from the winter and the, the moisture, the rain, would soften the earth, soften the ground, so the farmer could plant the seed properly, okay? So he's promising the, the latter rain, the former rain, so the crop can be planted. Then there was about a six-month season of growth and nourishment, and the crop was ready about six months later. This was this is known as the latter rain. Once again, the ground had gotten hard and the rain would come to soften the ground so the crop could be brought up and could be harvested without damage, without damaging it. So it could come up easily. Here he gives us the promise that I'm going to bring to you the former rain and the latter rain, but I'm going to bring them together in the first month. What he's saying is he's going to accelerate the time from seed to harvest. This is why Genesis 8:22 says as long as the earth remains there will be seed, there'll be time and there'll be harvest. But here, God is promising restoration by accelerating the time, by, by shortening the time. He said, I'm going to bring you the former rain and the latter rain together in the first month. What is the first month? The first month is when we first believe, when we first hear the promise, we first hear the word, we first act in faith, we first step out and say, that's for me. That's when God says, I'll bring that former rain, I'll bring that latter rain and I'm going to accelerate it and make it happen in your life now. We see this in the New Testament. There's a fulfillment of this prophecy, the very first miracle that Jesus ever created. Remember? What did Jesus do? Water into wine. Doesn't that strike you a little odd? It? Now, once again, just give you a little, edu little teaching here. Of course, not anywhere near what Pastor Eric could do. But in Bible interpretation, theological study, there's several tools of the trade, if you will. The law of first mention, 
the law of last mention, the law of multiple mention, that when God really wants to emphasize something, he speaks to it first. He mentions it first. Then when God really wants to emphasize something, it's the last thing. How many of when your mom and dad would just really want you to know something, as you're walking out the door, the last thing you heard was, be home at 12 or whatever, okay? The law of last mention. The law of multiple mention. Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, do not worry. Therefore, do not worry. Therefore, do not worry. What? God, Jesus trying to emphasize something, right? Okay. So, if you take this biblical law of interpretation, the law of first mention, how important is it the very first miracle that Jesus ever did? I think God's trying to send us a signal here. This was a miracle of luxury. It was not a miracle of necessity. Amen? I mean, it was a miracle of something what many people would say was mundane, was not necessary, was, was, was unimportant, but not to God. God says, look, I want, I, I want the first miracle to be so radical to your thinking that you're going to know that I am concerned about every aspect of your life. I'm concerned even about what you drink at a wedding. I'm concerned even about your recreation, about your fun, about your enjoyment, about your... I came to give life and life more abundant. I came to give you a life you will enjoy, a life you'll have fun at, a life that you'll look forward to living. Not a life of mundane routine, even to the point that I'm going to have the very first miracle my son, my son is involved in. It's going to be turning water into wine. Now, with that thought in mind, what was Jesus really trying to show us? Pots of water. We're going to make it wine. What's the major element? What's the major thing the one thing that has to happen for water to become not just wine. What did the master of the ceremony say? This is the best wine. So we're, we're not talking about Boone's Farm, 7-Eleven. Do they even still have Boone's Farm? I don't, I don't know. That's good. Okay. I, I, we're not talking about, you know, Joe's liquor discount down window. We're, we're, we're talking about the very best wine. What, what's mandatory in fine wine? Time. Years. Multiple years. The more time, the more valuable the wine. This is a 32-year vintage. This is a 45-year vintage. This, this wine, we've been saving it. It's 45 years aged. Right? So what did Jesus do? He said, I'm going to master time. I'm going to take this water and I'm going to accelerate time to where I'm going to take the latter rain and the former rain and I'm going to bring them together right now and what should take 32 years is going to happen now, right now. And that thing that you're thinking about that's so far gone, so far out there, that it's not, it can't happen. Why? Because it would take too much time. God says, I will restore the years. It doesn't matter how many years it took you to lose it. God's going to make it happen right now. He's going to accelerate time. And here's how he's going to do it. He's going to make us more effective and he's going to make us more efficient in every area of our life. 
that what used to take a year is now going to take a month. What used to take a month is now going to take a week. What used to take a week is now going to take a day. What used to take a day is going to take an hour. That God's going to accelerate time in our lives. We're going to make better decisions, better choices. We're going to do the right thing. We're going to stay on the right path. No more mistakes. No more mishaps. No more fa- Well, wait a minute, Pastor. We're only human. No, get out of that thinking. I'm tired of people buying into and setting themselves up for failure because of the human aspect of life. Yes, we're human, but we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We are filled with the anointing of God, the grace of God, the wisdom of God. We don't have to set ourselves up. Well, I can't be right every time. Why not? I can't make the right decision every time. Why not? Why can't we? We have the creator of the universe within us. Jesus in John 14, the major difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. This same spirit that is with you shall be in you. In the Old Testament, they had to wait for the Spirit to come upon. The Spirit came upon Samson, and he slew the Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. The Spirit came upon David, and he defeated Goliath. The Spirit came upon the prophet, and he outran the chariots. You you remember, right? Jesus said, no more waiting for the Spirit to come upon. Paul said, you've got the Spirit within you. Stir that thing up. Stir the gift of God up within you because it's there. So no more mistakes, no more failure mentality. We got to turn this thing around. We got to quit being surprised when we get it right. And let's be disappointed when we get it wrong. Let's quit being surprised when the miracle happens and let's start asking what's wrong when it doesn't happen. That we expect it to happen every time we pray. If you believe when you pray, you shall have whatsoever you ask. Mark 11, 22 through 24, okay? That God will accelerate. This is a moment. This is a season, summer season of acceleration. You're going to see things happen. You're going to pray, and it's going to happen. Why? There's an open heaven. The enemy can't diffract or defray what God's doing in this summer. It's the only season. The light has total access to the earth. The only time of all the seasons. And now's our moment. Look at somebody say, now's your moment. Number three, the third place that God promises. How long, how, how long do we go? Get on five there, man. Okay. All right. Who'll give, me, who'll give me five more minutes? There's five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Okay. I got, I got enough. Number three, Nahum. Nahum, just a couple of books over. Nahum chapter 2, probably not what you're going to name your next born child, but it's still a great book. Nahum chapter 2, verse 1. Nahum chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. It's right after Micah. It's right before Habakkuk. Nahum chapter 2, verse 1. He who scatters has come up before your face. Man the fort, watch the road, strengthen your flanks, fortify your power mightily. For the Lord will restore the excellence of Jacob like the excellence of Israel. 
for the Lord will restore the excellence of Jacob. That word is actually better translated dignity. The Lord will restore dignity. Sin robs our dignity. Sin robs our self-worth, our self-value, our self-esteem. Sin puts us on that downward spiral where we self-sabotage our lives through damaging behavior. The enemy starts with the condemnation and brings it so heavy, the guilt, the shame, the remorse. God says, I'm going to restore the dignity, the self-esteem, the value of your life. And we see this in Luke chapter 15, and I wish I had time to really dig into it, but just let me refer to it. Luke chapter 15, we call it the story of the prodigal son. Actually, it should be called the story of the father. The father's the main figure in this story. And it's a type and shadow. Jesus is giving us a picture of how God views our lives. That even if we do something as as radical, even if we do something as rebellious, as we look at the Father and say, I wish you were dead. That's what the Son did. I want my inheritance. I want life to be as if you were already dead. I want my inheritance. Because when you die, I get an inheritance. I don't want to wait. As far as I'm concerned, you're dead right now. I don't care what you have to say. I don't care what you want to do, how you want to influence my life. To me, you're dead. I want my influence. I want my inheritance. He got his inheritance and he left. Lost it all. But the Bible says the word never fails. That's right. Where does it say that? The Bible says the word shall not return void. The word shall accomplish. And somewhere in the depths of depravity known as a pig pen, the word was working. The word was working. Hear that, parents? Parents of wayward children? The word is working. Yeah, but they're they're so steeped in this sin. The word is working. Yeah, but they're so far off in it. The word is working. The word is working. Right now, the word is working in that wayward son or daughter. And the Bible says he came to his senses. And he said, I will arise, but here's where the carnal nature, here's where the unrenewed mind comes in and, and causes us to fall short. I will arise and I'll go back to my father because my father knows he's a good businessman. He knows I've got a strong back and I'll make a great slave. Even the slaves have a place to sleep and something to eat. The slaves are living better than me. So I'll go and I'll sell myself as a slave because my father is a good businessman and he knows this will be a good business deal. He had the word working, but the unrenewed mind, the carnal, carnal thinking caused him to fall short. But how many of us know God's always there to carry us on? God's always there to make the difference. The Bible says he went back to the father and a great while off, the father was looking. And when the father saw the son a great while off, that is such a beautiful picture of God's love for us, that he's watching for us. He's just waiting for us to make one simple movement towards him, and he will run after us. And when the father got to the son, the son threw himself and started his well-rehearsed speech, and the father stopped him 
and said, no, 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 no. We're not having any of this slave stuff. We're going to restore dignity to your life. We're going to restore you to sonship and bring the robe, bring the ring, bring the sandals, bring, bring everything that used to represent sonship and restore dignity to that young man right there. What a beautiful picture of what God does for us every time we repent and we reach out for him and he promises he will restore dignity, value. You are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. You are an heir of God and a joint heir. You are a new creation. Old things passed away and God restores us into that position. Now, why did this father have to run after the son? The Bible, if you, te- if you study a little history of what was going on when this was written, the elders would sit at the gate of the city. The elders represented the authority, represented the, count- the city council, represented the law, represented uh, jur- uh, jurisprudence, represented justice, represented uh, everything in control. And they would sit at the gate And what this son had done was the most rebellious act of treason known at that time. For a younger son to rise up and leave the house before the older son was a reproach to the father. And that son, when was found, was sentenced to death by stoning. And the reason the father was looking a great while off because he wanted to get to the son before the council could get to the son. So he was watching a great while off, and when he saw him, he ran as fast as he could, restored him to sonship. So when he brought him back into the city, he came back in as a son, not a rebellious son. He came back in restored, protected, and they could not act upon that treason accusation and stone him. How much does God love us? that he runs after us to protect us from everything sentenced against us. Can we catch this? That you have been found not guilty. That the blood of Jesus removes the pain, the penalty, the punishment, the price for that sin in your life. And God restores us to sonship and dignity. Number four. Number four, I've got to hurry. Are we learning anything? Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11. Keep going a couple more books over. We're working our way through the Old Testament minor prophets here. Zechariah chapter 9, just keep going to your right. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11. Zechariah 9, 11. As for you also... Because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. What a great phrase. What a great thought. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare I will restore double into your life. Now, this prisoner of hope, what's a prisoner of hope? What is a prisoner? A prisoner who's bound. A prisoner is a person who's bound. Bound in their hands, bound in their feet, in a small cell, 
Four walls, no way out. The picture that God wants us to see is that no matter where I go, I try to go this way, I go this way, I go this way, I go this way, I'm a prisoner of hope. I can't escape the hope of God in my life. I can't break free from the hope of God. I am never without hope. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a prisoner of hope right now. There's no place you can go. There's nothing you can do to escape the hope of God in our lives. And he says, here's why you have hope, because I will restore double into your life. Now, we all know the great picture of God restoring double the life of Job, right? But this is the verse where he promises that he will restore double into your life. Why does he want us to have double? I believe that now's the summer season is the time that God wants us to raise our gaze. God wants us to lift our eyes. God wants us to have our needs so abundantly met. God wants our house paid off. God wants our bills paid up in advance. God wants our life so abundantly provided for that we can raise our eyes and start looking for somebody else to help them. Amen, Amen, pastor, that's good preaching. See, this is where I lose about 90% of people when I preach this message. Amen? Amen. God wants you. There's nothing, there's nothing more fun. I, I grew up in the automobile business. My father, grandfather, my brother, everybody's in the automobile business. I was in the automobile business for a long time before I ever went into ministry. There's nothing more fun than walking in and buying a new car. Well, there is something more fun, paying cash for it. That's, more, that's a lot of fun, right? But how much fun would it be to walk in and buy two cars, cash. How much fun would it be to see the single mom with three kids under 10 in a car that's not safe to be driving and say, look, I want you to go with me because we're going to get this taken care of. God supplied me with more than enough. God supplied me with double, so I'm going to bless you with a new car right now. Man, y'all were shouting a few minutes ago. Why, why, why is this so hard to catch? It's time that we shift positions. It's time that we quit looking for a miracle and we become the miracle. It's time we shift from being a miracle taker and become a miracle maker. It's time we become the agents of God's miracle restoration for other people. You want to get their attention for the kingdom of God? Buy them a new car. You think you'll have their attention to listen about Jesus while while you're giving them the title to a new car? How about if you bought them a new house? Wow, Pastor, you're you're really out there. Yes, I'm out there. It's a radical restoration that God has for us. It's an open heaven. And it's time somebody gets their faith up enough, their hope. Well, Pastor, you're just building their hope up. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. That's 
because God's big enough to meet us at the point of our faith and our hope. Amen? It's time we shift positions. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament. I just wouldn't have time to turn there. Jesus sends out the disciples. Now, these are guys following Jesus. These, these are guys with Jesus. They're serving Jesus. And he sends them out to go find a place for the Last Supper. You'll go into, y'all remember this story? You go into the city and you'll see a man with a pitcher in his hand. Follow that man and he will take you to the upper room where everything's prepared. So here's the disciples. They're loving Jesus. They're serving Jesus. They've sold out to Jesus. They've left houses and homes, mothers and brothers and sisters and wives for the gospel's sake. Then they're following Jesus. So they go into the city and what are they doing? Where's that man? Where's that man? We got to find the man. Where's the man with the pitcher? Where's the man with the pitcher? Where? There he is. There's the man with the pitcher. And they started following the man. And the man took him upstairs where the man had everything provided, everything was ready. And they went in and had the Last Supper. I think that's a beautiful picture of the church today. We're disciples. We go to church on Wednesday night. We love God. We're following God. We're in the Word. The Word's in us. But we're still at the level of we're looking for the man with the picture. And I believe in this radical restoration season that we're going to shift positions and we're going to quit looking for the man and we're going to be the man with the picture in our hand that we're going to be the one that supplies the upper room. We're going to be the one that has double restored. We're going to be the one that God is going to raise up, and we're going to be the Joseph in our lives. God sent Joseph to be in a position of more than enough so that he could provide for his father, his brothers, all of their family. Remember, that's what Joseph said. You thought this was for evil. You thought you sold me into slavery for evil. But God meant it for my good and for your good. God raised me up to have more than enough to provide for our family. And I believe with all of my heart that Joseph anointing, the spirit of Joseph is coming upon every person in this room, and you're going to be the one to rise up and be restored double so that you'll have more than enough to supply for your family. College education, no big deal. Where do you want to go, son? College education, no big deal, daughter. Where do you want to go? It's all taken care of. Because God will restore double. It's time to believe God for financial abundance. Pastor, you want a building? How many zeros is it going to take? We got more than enough. Just tell us how much. Pastor, you need a parking lot. Pastor, you need this. Pastor, you need whatever it is. God's blessed me so I can build the church. Everything is about the church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail again. I'm all for television ministry. I'm all for paraministry. I'm all for that stuff. But it's got to come from the church. We've got to build the church because that's where Jesus is, right? So we're here to build the church. And God wants you restored double so you can have more than enough to be the miracle someone else needs. Amen? Last thought. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. I got to close with this. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. 
If you're there, say amen. amen. Acts chapter 3, 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Go to 20, please. And that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive, better translation, retain, whom heaven must retain until the times of restoration of a few things. Oh, let me reread that. Whom heaven must retain until the times of restoration of half the things. How many things? All things. Here's the picture that verse is painting. Jesus wants to come back for his bride. And God says, you can't go back just yet because the Holy Spirit is on the earth restoring all things. How many of us believe Jesus is coming back? How many of us believe he's coming real soon? Well, then that means we're in the time of restoration of all things. Mark chapter 9, 23. Mark chapter 10, 27. If you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. With man, it might seem impossible. That thing you're thinking about right now for God to restore. With man and man's means and man's thinking, it might seem impossible. But not with God. For with God, all things. Things are possible. Who are you with tonight? We're with God. So that means what's possible? All things are possible. To who? To them that believe. Not a few things, not some things, but all things. I I, I just cringe when people say, well, God's not into things. What? (laughs) What? What do you mean God's not into things? Just, just do, you want to do something fun. Just get your concordance and look at the word things. And look at how many times in the New Testament Jesus referred to things. Good. If you can believe all things. Are, your heavenly Father knows all of the things you have need of. And on and on and on. Yes, certainly God's into things. See? All, the th- all things. Restoration of all things things. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you that we are in the summer season of supernatural, radical restoration. And I pray, Father, right now that you will restore health. You will restore time. You will restore dignity, value, self-esteem, self-worth, royalty. You will restore double. You will restore all things into these every life tonight. If you're here tonight and you have caught this word, God's spoken to you through this word that he will restore and you want Someone to agree with you. You want someone to pray with you for that restoration. Would you stand and come right here, right now?
to stand and come, and we're going to pray for God to restore in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. It's not too far for God. It's not too far gone. It's not too far dead. It hasn't been too long for God to restore in your life. God will restore. Just step out and come forward, and we're going to pray. Anyone else? We'll wait. Anyone else? Just come. The Bible says we're to agree as touching anything. To agree as touching anything. All things. All things. There's not an accident you were here tonight. This is God's divine plan for you to hear this word and for restoration to come into your life. Thank you for responding. Thank you for believing the word. And God will restore according to his word. Pastor, would you come and help me? Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for location and events. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church. If you would like to partner with our ministry, you can now donate securely online. Just click on the link located on the front page of our website at onecausechurch.com.